Hey John, this is Jared from Modern Angst. Congrats on the first season of This Is Just A Phase. I've been a fan since episode one, and I'm stoked to see you move on to phase two of your plan for total world domination. Wait, shit, was I supposed to keep that a secret? Anyway, I wish you nothing but kick-ass times and mounds of success. Cheers to you and season two of This Is Just A Phase. Hello, and thank you for joining This Is Just A Phase Season 2. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. Just a few reminders before we get started with this episode. Um, you can follow the This Is Just A Phase Facebook group, or follow me directly at Jonathan Kent. Or you can head over to Instagram and follow me at jonathan.kent.311. And just for anybody who's look, looking into getting into some new music... You can head over to this is just a record label.bandcamp.com and check out this is just a compilation featuring 28 bands from all across the globe. And check out the Youngstown, Ohio punk band Gatlin with their self titled debut EP. Those are available on physical CD copy or digital download. That being said, Jay, let's get this season started. episode, I sit down with Modern Angst frontman Jared White and chat about his band's debut EP entitled Trampled, which is getting released on all major music streaming sites today. We chat about not only that, but also about the formation of the band after a long hiatus from music, being burnt out after the decline of his previous band, Benedict Arnold, his thoughts on the scene now, being a big fan of compilations, being the son of a Baptist minister and growing up in St. Louis and Texas, and so much more. So sit back and try not to get hysterical over this episode of This Is Just A Phase. Here's the lead-off single from Modern Inks' brand new debut EP, Trampled, entitled The Pieces.
Everybody wants to act as if we are alright When it's worse than ever We are spitting on the graves of those who did fight To make things better Happy New Year's. Yeah, Happy New Year to you as well. We're a few days in. Uh, it hasn't completely crumbled yet, has it? No, not yet. Not yet. Knock on wood, Ben. <laughs> we've, got, we've got some time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the uh, third year of all this bullshit to be a lot easier, man. <laughs> uh, you'd think. Um, you'd think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, though. I'm, I'm definitely hopeful for that one. Well, I am, too. Well, Jared, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're it's, welcome. Uh, great, great to be here uh, digitally, and uh, great to get an opportunity to actually talk to you. Oh, thanks, man. And you're and you're uh, the first interview of season two. 
So that's <laughs> so you've been honored with the, with with that task of uh, kicking off uh, season two of the podcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> see, see, we've already started off the year on on the right foot. So yes, we did. Yes, we did. Absolutely, man. But dude, I'm I'm so excited for you to be on. Um, I've been talking to you for quite a while and uh, having correspondence with you and actually um, was jumped right on when, when you said you were doing uh, your band that uh, I was lucky enough to get like a sneak peek of those songs that you were doing. And now it's coming to fruition and uh, you're going to be releasing them out streaming and on CD. And yeah. I, I was like, I was really excited to, to be, to be one of the people that you, uh, you uh, allowed in during the process of uh, making the record and all of that. So I, I, I wanted to have you on first and uh, really kick it off, uh, kick off the second season on a, on a real high note. Yeah. And, and uh, really it was a short list of, of people that I sent it to and just through listening to the podcast and following what you've been doing over the past what has it been six seven months now um, yeah yeah about I, yeah i just thought that you would be somebody that could appreciate it and be uh objective about it at the same time and um you know um that's why i sent it to you well i'm, I'm very honored and I'm, I'm i'm glad you you trusted me because as, as somebody who's played in bands and, and and who writes i know it's it's no small task or feat to to let people into your process especially when they're not completely done there's still works in progress like you you don't you're not ready to put them out in the world so i know how trusting you have to be to to let people in and i, I was very honored that you let me into that process because i i understand the process yeah and i think having outside ears is so crucial to that process um mm. Because, you know, listening to it a thousand times over yourself, you're only going to get so much done um, because you start to get tunnel, not vision, hearing it almost, you know, from just listening to it over and over and over again. So it's really, really great uh, to be able to have people that you can send it to and say, what do you think? You know, um, because many times I'm my own worst critic. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'm harder on myself than I need to be, uh, but maybe I'm not, right? And so just throwing it out there. And like I said, uh, you came across to me as somebody that would be um, positive about it, but also objective and and not just blow smoke up my ass. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 and well, I, again, thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a straight shooter. I always have been. Uh, if I like stuff or if I don't like something, I'm going to, I'm going to look at it in a, in a, in a very neutral way. Like I'm always going to give, even if something, I don't like something I'll be like, but here, here's what the positives are for this. And here's what the negatives are. So if I were you maybe do this or maybe do that because like, I want to still have, I still want to be objective, but at the same time, have the person walk away with a sense of feeling good about what they made. Constructive. Right? Yeah, there's, constructive there's, criticism. There's, there's criticism, and then there's constructive criticism. And, uh, yeah, I'm not really interested in just criticism alone. Uh, it really does nothing at all for anybody. So, um, 
criticism is fine from a constructive place. And that's where I try to come from as well. Um, yeah, I'm not going to poo-poo on somebody's stuff and be like, this is horrible. Like, no, there's good and bad that sometimes goes into things. In your case, though, the stuff you sent me was really fucking good. So I didn't have much criticism <laughs> to give you in the process either. So, Well, there you go, blowing smoke up my ass. <laughs> Blow, blowing smoke? No, seriously. Like, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I, it, I, I know it's coming from a junior place. It's a yeah. joke. <laughs> but when, when you, because I didn't know what to expect. Because we've only been talking for, you know, maybe a little around the time that I launched a podcast. So I had no real prior knowledge of you or, or what you've done, you know, what you've done previous. Sure. So when you sent me this stuff, I kind of just had an open mind. I, I wasn't sure what you were. I'm sure it was going to be in the obviously in the punk vein. Sure. But I, I wasn't I wasn't going into it having any kind of preconceived notion. So when I listened to it, I, I was able to look at it as very objectively and instantly tapping my feet, getting into it. And I listened the first time and I listened to the second time. I listened to the third time and I'm like, God damn, these are catchy fucking songs. Like, the, like this dude knows what he's doing. This guy understands what, what he's trying to play. He plays with emotion. It sounds clean. It, it, it was just like, it was catchy. It was good, catchy songs. And that's what you, that's what you hope to hear. Yeah, you know, something that resonates, something that sticks in your head, uh, something that when it's not playing, you find yourself tapping your foot to being like, damn it, song, get out of my head, right? Um, and, uh, you know, that feedback is great, you know, and that, that anybody takes, you know, you get a look inside the process, right? You know how difficult it is, how long of a process, how painstaking it can be, how expensive mm -hmm. it can be to... Um, put material out um you Absolutely. know and before it even gets to the recording part you know uh all the work that goes into the song getting even to there right and so mm -hmm. it, it's so much work and it's such a labor of love and and i'm glad that you catch that passion because it's there you know and we really wanted to in the process always want that whether it's a live show or a recording for that passion to come across to the listener. Um, because for me, uh, that's where the connectivity begins with the listener. And that's where uh, people can start to resonate with it, start to understand it and start to feel like it's uh, for them, right? Uh, that passion and the honesty in the writing, so. Yeah, and it really comes across too, and especially with your lyrics too, it's not, it's not you're you're not going after subjects that necessarily are what you find in a lot of modern pop punk. You know what I mean? Like yeah. not, not 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 that I would even consider you pop punk. Maybe it's maybe a, a percentage you are. Sure, but you do. I would agree with that. Yeah, you definitely take away a lot from um, maybe the early like fat record bands. Um, I, I hear a lot of the no use for a name, a lot of the Pennywise, a lot of um, just that early kind of skate punk that had that had a message behind it, whatever the subject was, but it had something behind it. And it just you just couldn't call it one thing. You couldn't call it skate punk. You couldn't call it pop punk. You couldn't call it melodic hardcore whatever subgenre you want to label it is 
but it's definitely a it's it's not your dick and fart jokes pop up. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> it's not. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I love the dick and fart jokes. <laughs> I just don't tend to write that way. Um, and it's just uh, you know, for me, it's it's an extreme privilege uh, to be able to do this. And you know, these songs come from a place of um healing really this is where mm -hmm. this project began was from a healing place and really for me at the end of the day when you look at you know when i look at the band modern angst and you know what's the end goal what's the pie in the sky what do we want right and for me at the end of the day I just really like to be able to connect to listeners would really like them to find healing within the lyric content and those guitar parts that bring some empowerment to somebody when maybe they're down in the gutter, um, like I have been, and like these songs have helped me kind of climb out of a uh, pit of despair, so to speak. So um, they've certainly done that for me. This is where the project started. Um, and I, I've gotten some feedback, especially after some live shows of just, uh, you know, people being very appreciative of just the passion that comes across. And, um, you know, the feedback I've got, gotten has been great. And so we're, we're going to continue rolling forward because, uh, well, we're having a fucking blast with it. So, and you know what? And I'm, and I, I can understand where you're coming from. This, I don't know if it was a personal turmoil that was going on in your life or it was just a social climate, climate that was going on for the last two years or if it was a combination of them both. But I know when you go through something traumatic, the first thing you need to do is get it out. And the easiest way to get it out is to emote it as passionately as you can. And whatever your driving force was, it came across. You know, it comes across in the songs. It doesn't sound phoned in or, or disingenuous. Like yeah, it not, sounds like you're coming we're not, from. We're not faking one fucking second of it. No, no. <laughs> and you know what? And coming from the punk background, it's like how many of those bands do actually phone? Uh, that, I mean, that's a great fucking point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the one thing that I love about punk rock and why I've, what I've loved about punk rock since I was 13 years old is the fact that it's it felt like the only genuine music to me. It yeah. was like the only the only songs that that you know the only music that really came across and spoke to me and it still does it you know 27 years later it still comes across that way same here same you here. know and i had you know i spent over a decade in another band uh through my 20s and you know i it, it was it was great um uh, just about killed myself in the process <laughs> of just uh you know touring and malnourished and no future and uh just uh it was great it was great i would recommend it to everyone um, <laughs> but uh there was no sustainability in it and eventually we toured ourselves into hating each other um now we got we've gotten over that um, but we're also not playing in a band together anymore. So uh, it's a different relationship at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I had to take a break and get away from it. And because um, I was just burnt out and I lost my passion. 
And so I, I actually, you know, moved away from the St. Louis area, um, the area in which I am from. And I moved to Louisville, Kentucky uh, for six years and uh, got a career and shit. And, you know, um, I was like, uh, I had left the party, but the party didn't leave me. And I didn't really understand how to reconcile with that. And I eventually went through some really tough shit and um, survived it and didn't write for about three years. But uh, one day I was just having a shit moment that happened to be lasting for years. Um, and I picked up a guitar and wrote a song and was I liked the melody and, and, I was just, and the lyrics were, I thought were pretty decent. And I was like, shit, man, maybe, maybe I, maybe I can still do this. Maybe this can still be my outlet. And at that time, I didn't really know it would turn into what it has turned into. I kind of hoped that it would go that route. Um, but at the time of me initially writing the first songs um, that is now modern angst, uh, I was just trying to survive that day. Mm -hmm. And so um, I got better. Uh, things got a lot better. Uh, and a part of that was me reconnecting with writing um, and reconnecting with, with, with music again, that it's always kind of been my first love. And I, you know, left it to the wayside because I felt like I had to, like I didn't have a choice and maybe I didn't at the time. But I ended up coming back to it because I didn't have anywhere else to turn. And um, yeah, it's, it's been it's been great. It's been great. So. Now, Jared, were you were you worried when you had your time away? You said you you you, you had kind of stepped away for about six years. Mm -hmm. Were you worried when you came back into playing? Were you worried that it was like still a young man's game and you felt that it kind of left you behind? Or was it was it things were things were shifting in such a way where you you had to you, you had to reach for that lifeline like you knew that it was there you knew it was there you could you could grab it and it would help point you through it. I think it was a matter of realigning my expectations of okay. right and so twenties my teens and twenties started writing songs when I was twelve and. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to be, you know, parents asked me when I was like 14 or 15, what do you want to do? You know, you're a sophomore. What do you want to do for the rest of your life? You know, you're going to be going to college soon. I'm like, ha ha, fat chance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, uh, and my dad's a Baptist pastor, by the way. And I was oh. like, I, I want to, I was like, I want to play in a rock and roll band. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yup. And, you know, they shit their pants and, uh, you know, uh, and I was perpetually grounded for years, <laughs> not for the <laughs> punk rock, but just for being a shithead. <laughs> oh yeah, I understand. I was, I was, was one, one, two around that age. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, uh, I was in Texas, didn't get along with Texas very well and moved a thousand miles away to start a punk rock band. And I did that and moved to St. Louis and started a punk rock band. And so my goal was to constantly be touring constantly be touring my idea was i had to be touring non-stop i and this had to be my only all or nothing and i carried kind of that 
not kind of, I carried that mindset um, till I was about 28, 29 years old until I was burnt out. Um, and then I kind of took the all or nothing approach the other direction. And I, I really didn't think that I would ever be in a band again. And so when I started writing these songs and I, I got the dumbass idea to start another band, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it seemed like a stupid idea, but I was like, but I've done it before. Uh, and what I figured out is that in order to have some sustain, needed to strike a balance um, between, uh, you know, my passion for the music and my and my expectations of the music and really just changing it from not being on the road nonstop, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but really just pouring myself into writing and seeing where it goes from there, not having any crazy expectations that I was going to set myself up for perpetual failure or whatever, but that I could actually do what I loved and try to just keep it as pure as possible in that sense. Um, and I don't know if I'm really answering the question there, uh, but, you know, young man's game, I look at bad religion, uh, those, those fuckers are old. And <laughs> I don't know if you've seen them lately, but they're still one of the best fucking bands out there. I saw them um, on Punk and Drublick in 2019. How were they? Uh, amazing. They played the Suffer album front to back, and it was all inspiring. They sound ridiculously good. Yeah, they, um, they nobody can touch them. Man. No, 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 right? And so I see them doing it 55, 60 years old, and I'm just like, well, I'm now I'm 37. And I'm just like, well, that means I've got at least another 25 years in me, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So I don't think it's a young man's game necessarily. Uh, I never thought that for me, it was more just self doubt uh, as far as myself. And, and was I able to do this game? Was I, was I going to be, I started this with myself. Was I going to be able to get a group of musicians that were going to meet the expectations of the songs, right. Mm -hmm. And not write songs to um, that will fit who is playing the music, but rather find musicians who are able to perform the music as it's intended. And so I've kind of kept that, um, you know, let's not sacrifice the sound. Um, let's not sacrifice the song or let's not sacrifice a part. Uh, if it's difficult, let's hit it hard um, and let's, let's make it happen. And so, um, really kind of those obstacles and, you know, are we, am I good enough? Am I, am I going to be able to do this or that? Uh, I kind of, I'm answering those questions as we go. And it's been a resounding, yes, I can, I've been doing it. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it right now. And so, yeah, there's plenty of fear that goes along with it and self doubt, but at some point you can, you know, stand in the corner and sweat and think about, am I good enough? Or you can, you know, just throw yourself out there um, be honest in your approach and kind of just hope for the best and know that you're doing your best and it is what it is at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I I'm enjoying it more than I've ever enjoyed it. Um, I'm enjoying the community more than I've ever enjoyed it. So. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like the last couple years, the sense of community within the scene. And I don't know if it comes from, 
a lot of us getting older or being being similar ages and having you know dealt with it such a long time and our our childish behaviors and you know to be punk just to be punk that attitude kind of went away and that we we settled into the knowledge of like this is this is forever you know, instead of trying to divide each other and make each other feel less, that we need to start supporting each other more and and looking at it more as a sense of community more than just a scene. And yeah, I've yeah, noticed I definitely that agree with you. I agree with you, and I, and I don't, you know, I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I think you hit it right on the head. I, I know it's been like that for me and my approach to the local scene here as well, and mm-hmm. others' approach, and I've seen the community grow here in St. Louis um, because of that, exactly how you put it, you know, in my 20s, I was so fucking full of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I had said this to somebody a couple of weeks ago, it, it was never about just me. So why the fuck am I making it about just me? You know, yeah. <laughs> it never was. So why am I lying to myself? Why am I being an asshole? Uh, and I, something happens. It's it's weird. Something happens in your thirties, mm-hmm. uh, where where at least it has for me and for others that I've spoken with, uh, where something clicked and it was like, oh, oh shit, something clicked and like uh, the understanding of uh, we go far, further together, right? And it's yeah. more rewarding together. Um, another thing for me is is uh, the goal isn't the mountaintop. You know, it always, it was, you know, my teens and twenties, the goal was some imaginary mountaintop I was going to reach where I can stand on top and say, I've made it, <laughs> you know, and stick my fucking flag in the ground. I made it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never realized until the past several years that uh, the joy and the reward truly is the process and the relationships that you're making along the way. I and agree. It just isn't as fun uh without those things and and so i've learned how to enjoy the process a bit more um i've learned to enjoy the process of writing more uh i enjoyed and maybe it was part of that is it being taken away um Mm -hmm. or me taking it away from myself right um and then getting it back and and me just uh you know understanding how much I love it finally and yeah you and you've been following the podcast since the very beginning so you 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 want you know my story Mm -hmm. um playing in bands then then having children and and kind of bowing out for a little bit and you know it, it it I went through my later 20s being resentful and a little bit bitter that I that I got pulled from it because as much as I did keep my hand on the pulse of what was going on, I was there was still a disconnect from it. And years later, when I met my now wife, you know, she's like, well, you can still be a part of it. Like, who's to say you can't still be a part of it? Just go fucking do it. And it was like, you know, at 29, 30 years old, it was like a second awakening. It was like, oh, I can do both. Because nobody yeah. told me I could be a father and be a punk rocker. You know, there wasn't yeah. very many examples of that for me. So I thought I had to bow out. I thought my time had come, you know, and at 25 years old, I was kind of like, okay, bye guys. Catch you on the flip. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But then I yeah. realized that I could still be a part of it, that that didn't leave me behind. Like, it's still there thriving. I just missed a couple of years of it. Same here. And my wife was around for my, you know, touring days. And mm-hmm. so when I brought up the idea of, oh, I had this elaborate plan too. I was living in Louisville still. Um, and we made plans to come back to the St. Louis area. And like, I'm putting the band up, I'm putting band together. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait, no, it's going to be different. I swear. And she's like, oh shit. Um, and so it took a little bit of convincing because, uh, well, fuck, man, I was a hellion for a really long time. And not to say yeah. that I'm not now, I'm just a little bit more controlled. <laughs> uh, You're 37. <laughs> I'm 37, the hellion. Think before I, you know, jump off the ledge. It's not that I don't jump off the ledge. I just may have a rope attached to my waist now. <laughs> yeah, or you're only jumping three feet as opposed to 30 feet, right? Right, 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 right. So, you're not trying to break a fucking hip or anything. <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll see about that. Uh, long enough okay. time. But uh, so, yeah, she. there's definitely some anxiety that she had about it. Um, but, you know, we've worked through that. And, and it's, been, it's been fucking great. And she's realized that it was never something it wasn't really a hobby for me it was Mm -hmm. a necessity for me and so the writing process for me uh is a necessity i i have to do it and whether Mm -hmm. somebody's going to hear it or not um Mm -hmm. luckily you know i've got some really great musicians want to play the songs and believe in the songs with me. Right. And, um, and that's fantastic. And now I've got people that are really stoked about the tunes that we're releasing and, and that's awesome too. It's really great. And I'm so grateful for that at the same time. I think I'd have to do it if it was just me and my basement alone, which I do plenty of that, but um, you know, it's nice to be able to take it out of the basement and, and uh, sweat all over a stage, spit all over the place. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
background real quick just so the listener knows you said you're originally from texas correct uh so sort of i uh i was born in st louis and uh when i was 12 um my family moved to san antonio texas just south of san antonio texas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so good old my brother lived down that way uh for he lived down there almost a year um uh, between uh, San Antonio and Austin, a little town called Fredericksburg. Yeah. Um, he worked for a, um, the it was a museum down there. And uh, he had a little stop after he left Vegas the first time. And before he moved uh, briefly home back to Pennsylvania, um, he had a little John almost a year down there in Texas. So I'm familiar with that area a little bit. I've never been down there, but I, I know of the area. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it was you know, going from the St. Louis area down to Texas, man, that was tough because it wasn't just San Antonio, the city. It was 20 minutes south, and I ended up on uh, <clears throat> to anybody else outside of it would look at it like a religious compound um, next to a thousand acre ranch. It was it was fucking brutal. Oh, wow. um, and so. I really gained an interest in music at a young age and um, was exposed to punk rock for the first time at like 12 years old and uh, the offspring smash Mm -hmm. is what blew my fucking mind when I was 12. Uh, And then we moved down there and my world was shattered i'm like what the fuck is this and i didn't know anybody it was it was culture shock big time was that because your dad was a was, is a was a minister and that's why you guys moved yeah yeah okay and so ended up down there uh did not fit in oh i didn't fit in up here either <laughs> but down there i especially didn't fit in and and found myself in trouble right away um you know, just because I became more and more you know, fuck this uh, and just said fuck this until they said fine, you're out. But I have between, you know, 12, 13 to 17 when I finally got kicked out of my house, um, I uh, picked up a guitar, you know, started writing songs. And while it was devastating at the time, it led me to playing guitar. So, and led me to thinking it was a good idea to start a rock and roll band so on one hand it was brutal on the other hand uh, you know it led to something that's just uh saved my life on more than one occasion. almost killed me a couple times too but it's also <laughs> saved me more than once so yeah i was i was 17 when i moved out of my parents home too i, I bounced between my my mom and my stepdad's house and then my my dad and my stepmom's house uh from the time i was like 14 on and um uh, my mom finally had enough and kicked me out when i was 17 and i had moved a half an hour away from where i lived and uh stayed with my aunt and uncle down um, in the town i live now called newcastle uh i'm from a town a little bit north called sharon kind of like right on the ohio pennsylvania border yeah. And um, 
so like I didn't move entirely far away and my aunt and uncle were like, you're going to finish high school. You know, we're going to make sure that you're not going to drop out and get your GED. So they kind of became my, my surrogate parents for a year until I graduated. So I did have that structure, but yeah, my parents were like, bye, 17 years old. Neither one of them wanted me. And like can, you, like you kind of, you're, you're, you're fucking pissed off. I can relate to that. And uh, I was, you know, I remember vividly, I told my dad to go fuck himself. And uh, I will say, I love my parents. I have great relationships with them. So, um, so if they ever hear this, they know that. But the, but they were all also there for it, so they can they know I'm telling the truth here. I told him to go fuck himself, and uh, he he said, you know, it's time you pack your bags. I was like, oh, they're already packed. Uh, they weren't, <laughs> but you know the dramatics of it all. And so, uh, yeah, I actually moved out on September 10th, 2001. Um, oh, well, mine was September of '98. Nice. I. Uh, I, my, me and my mom had a, had an issue and I was at school. I was at school. I was think it was like the second week in school and they called me down and basically were like, yeah, my, my mom doesn't want me to return home. And, uh, for a while there I was angry and, and tried to figure things out. But like you said, I, I have a, I have a great relationship with my parents. Um, that shit happened when I, we were 17 years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Here we are 20, 20 plus years later. It's, it's got a there, little perspective. There's always that process of healing. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I got, uh, September 10th, 2001. Uh, it was the day before nine 11. Oh and, yeah. I just now caught that. Okay. Yeah. And so my dad's birthday is on September 11th. And so I got kicked out and I, go to a friend's house and I, I, I um, arranged to go back to St. Louis a couple weeks later, but I wake up the next morning on my friend's apartment floor and, um, you know, enough, you know, in time to see that second plane hit mm-hmm. the towers. And I'm just like, I remember the thought popping into my head. Oh shit. Maybe like, Maybe God's punishing the earth because my dumbass told my pastor dad to go fuck himself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a unique perspective. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when you've had religion, you know, pounded in your head for 17 years, you know, the thought's going to pop into your head. And so oh, I grew up Catholic. I understand. And so uh, I, uh, and so I moved, I moved a thousand miles away and I knew one person in the St. Louis area and I was just, a, I was a determined little bastard to get a punk rock band started. And just, I ended up doing it. Um, met some guy on the side of the road that was skateboarding and um, just started talking. And we started a band that day that just lasted for a little over a decade. So, wow. Um, yeah that's pretty incredible that's pretty incredible that a chance meeting altered your course for the next 10 years yeah it is it is pretty nuts and the story of that band is pretty crazy in general um i'm lucky to have walked away with you know all my limbs that's for sure Um, no what what band was this called benedict arnold was the name of that band nice nice now what you guys what was your guys sound 
Um, punk rock. Uh, it, you know, it was skate, street, pop, punk, and everything that we felt like playing. So just a punk rock band that was kind yeah. of a little bit of everything. Yeah, a high energy, you know, um, and you know we gave it everything we fucking had, and uh, you know early on we went through some turmoil. Um, our, our drummer I was twenty one; he just turned nineteen, and a, a night after the show, uh, he and I, his girlfriend was driving home and we ended up getting in a, a wreck um, the night oh. of the show. He ended up passing away in that wreck. And, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, and and so I was kind of set up to, to mentally have a rough time for sure throughout my 20s and, well, and I'm spilled in my 30s too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I survived it somehow, you know. Uh, now all my friends from that day, those days made it. And uh, I was fortunate enough to really be surrounded by some amazing people that put up with my, my bullshit, my uh, chaos that kind of seemed to follow me, especially after that. <laughs> I definitely had more of a uh, kind of a death wish attitude. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of just like, fuck it. And- Live fast, die young. Yeah, why wasn't I the one, you know, mm-hmm. to go and well, fuck it. That means I'm going to give it everything I've got, which the everything I've got part is great, except for the, you know, um, it just maybe wasn't applied in the right way. And so I still have that. Give it everything you've got. Because um, I apply it in a different way. Um, but yeah, it was pretty destructive, really destructive. And that, that caught up to me, definitely caught up to me eventually. Mm-hmm. And uh kind of why I stepped away. Yeah, somebody asked me, because um, I turned 40 in May, this past May, and somebody asked me, he goes, oh, how do you feel turning 40? And I said, well, I actually feel pretty fucking good. He goes, oh, really? Most people are fearful to turn 40. And I was like, you know what? I was more fearful to turn 30. And somebody asked me, why? Why were you so scared to turn 30? Well, because I didn't think I was gonna make it. Yeah, totally. You know, now reaching forty, it's like, oh my god, like what a joyous time to be forty. Because yeah, <laughs> thirty was so fearful. Because like I was like, I didn't think I was gonna make it. It's like the the older you get, the more precious the days become, and not because you have mm-hmm. less of them necessarily, but because you've had enough of them to understand how precious they are. Yeah. Um, and. You know, I, I would say the same thing for me. I was like, you know, you know, live fast, die young. I lived like I was invincible and expected to die young, which is a mm-hmm. weird combination. And mm-hmm. I know many people have taken that route and not made it past, you know, their 30s. Um, I know some of those people, um, but I, for whatever reason, did make it. Um, yeah. And so I'm fortunate and uh, I'm fortunate to be able to have lived through it enough and had enough time to gain some perspective uh, and gain some healing through the process of the destruction. And that's what I learned. That's what I had to learn too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a part of that healing and part of, you know, rising up from the ashes has been modern angst. It's been another savior for me and Mm -hmm. has really allowed me to connect with uh, 
a love I never thought I'd connect with again. And like I said, I'm ultra passionate about it. It's all on these pages in the lyrics, you know, and, and guitar parts and, and the overall feeling. I don't do it alone, right? This isn't a solo yeah. project. Yeah, because you guys are a four-piece, correct? We are, yeah. And I was always in a three-piece, you know? I spent over a decade in a three-piece and always wanted to be in a four-piece because it was so much fucking work to be in a three-piece. I was always in a five-piece, dude. Always, dude. Oh, that's not enough work. <laughs> no, the interpersonal struggle struggles are where the real work are with a five-piece. Oh, but, yeah. They're, they're, uh, I can, I'm imagining. Blast. I've never been in a five-piece. But... Don't uh, try, don't strive for it, Jared. Not gonna, <laughs> not gonna. Um, unless I can be the, uh, you know, the diva singer. If I can be the diva singer in a five piece and not carry any, any of the gear, I'll totally be in a five piece. See, I can't sing, so I was always, I was never the diva singer. That was my friend Sam. He was always a diva singer. Yeah, well, <laughs> Sam, Sam would fit right into a five piece as long as he doesn't, you know, yeah. microphone, my SM, fit, if that's all I got, I'll be, no. But anyway, that's uh, what he does, man. <laughs> three, uh, three piece, so much work, right? Because bringing the energy and your singing and only the guitar player, there's not a lot of margin for error mm -hmm. there. And so I always wanted to be able to expand in the harmonies of the guitars um, and expand in the harmonies of the overall music. And I felt like there was a bit of restriction in that in a, as a three piece, especially yeah. in the live delivery of that. You can do anything in the, in the studio, but uh, the live delivery of that. And so uh, my goal was to be in a four piece and uh, has been doing that. We're doing that. No, uh, it's, it's great. Um, it's great. I'm having a blast with it. So. And it gives the songs to a lot more body too, which I'm sure you really appreciate it. Like you didn't have to do everything yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It gives me a little rhythm. bit of time to breathe and, um, and yeah focus a little bit more on singing mm -hmm. than just, you know, just my ass off trying to catch my <laughs> breath. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I want to, I want to use this time to, to talk about modern angst, to talk about the EP. It's called trampled. Hell yeah. Um, it's coming out this Friday, January yep. 7th drops this Friday. Um, so excited and ready for this fucking thing to be out. <laughs> uh, so much work and uh, so much uh, waiting and oh, you know how, how it goes. I'm just so excited for people to finally hear the full scope of it. Uh, and I'm fucking uh, super excited for you, dude. Yeah, uh, thank you. It's uh, it will be out on all streaming platforms this Friday. Uh, we do have a single out there right now from the EP called "The Pieces," which you can. Or any other streaming services, um, including YouTube. So, um, and uh, it's going to be released on the record label, which is a, a record label out of St. Louis. Um, and so the CD, we're not doing vinyl just yet. Yeah, Vinyl's a lot are, of people have kind of put the whole vinyl thing on hold. Yeah, we can talk about that a little bit later if you want. But um, yeah, I, I, th that's why my label doesn't put out records either. <laughs> it's a fickle beast right now. Um, yeah. and so I, uh, but anyway, CDs. Um, I buy CDs. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm one of those dudes who still buy CDs, and I other people buy, buy CDs. CDs too. Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll we'll have CDs uh, through the record label. 
um, and uh, you can you can order that on therecordspace.com is the web website. So, um, but yeah, that comes out on Friday. Um, yeah, fucking stoked. It was um, recorded uh, with Gene Donahue, Mean Gene Donahue from the Radio Buzzkills. Recorded yep. with him. Uh, awesome and, dude. Yeah, great guy. Uh, and uh, it, he also mixed it. Uh, and was mastered by Chris Fogel out of uh, Black and Bloom in Denver, Colorado. So. Oh, okay, cool. I, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with them. Yeah, they do, do some solid work. I actually went out there a couple months ago. Um, one of my old friends is the head engineer out there right now. Um, and uh, just went out there and hung out, checked out the studio, didn't do any recording or work, just hung out and, you know, with the friend for a weekend which was great um but yeah super super nice studio great spot out there great people i have um, friends out in fort collins i'm gonna have to next time i'm out that way i'm gonna have to check into that place yeah yeah um hit up kyle Tolev. uh and you need if you head out that way i need some contact information i can i can hook you up so awesome man awesome i love colorado man i keep trying to get my wife to move out there Man, I needed a break big time. And so I just went out there by myself. Um, and uh, my wife was nice enough to realize that, yeah, you need a break. Go take a few days. And so I flew Some out mental there. Health days. <laughs> yeah, it was. And just ate really good food and went to a local show there, um, which was great. And went into the mountains and soaked in a remote hot spring. It was it was. Is pretty fucking awesome. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. But uh, I mean, these tracks on this record trampled. Uh, the first song I heard was Mass Hysteria. Yeah. Dude, that fucking song's a burner, dude. It rips. That it. song's a fucking it gets burner, me going. dude. It's it gets so... me going. It, it does. And I, you know, hate to sound like a pretentious asshole, right? But eh, you know, went in Rome. But the song it pumps me up. Like mm -hmm. I get stoked about it, and, and um, you know, leaning up to it, and, and I, I, it just when we play it live too, it just it it gets me going. It ramps me up, and um, you know, it's it's a banger to start out the EP for sure. And um, yeah, I know there was a question in there, and I totally, totally just interrupted because I'm stoked about the song too. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's awesome. Love it. Well, when I, I I put out the one episode and I, well, for my other podcast, Daniel Files, for anybody who's uh, who's heard of that, um, I wanted to include that song. And you at first you were like, okay, mass hysteria, and I was like, yeah, dude, that's that's a fucking burner, dude. I wanted to put it out there. And now that I realized you put pieces out as the first single, it kind of made sense why you reacted that way when I said mass hysteria. But um. Yeah, dude, the song rips, dude. And I wanted people to hear it, dude. I wanted people to get a jump on that shit, man. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoy it. It's just kind of, um, you know, it's very straightforward punk rock song. Um, it's in your face. Uh, and, you know, just a little background on the song. It's really just about being overwhelmed by media trying to control the way you fucking think and act yep and for me i was just so oh at the time of writing it was so overwhelmed 
with just getting beat the fuck over my head with constant this constant barrage of negative media because we had been um, dealing with it for a year up to that point man right and so um i think i wrote this in may of 2020 ish and so um I was just like, I was, it was driving me insane. And like mm-hmm. my wife always had the news on and we were glued to it. And it was just making me unhappy. And so the, you know, kind of that megaphone effect on the vocals um, uh, and, and the lyrics, uh, there's a knock at the door 24 um, seven. For me, what I'm really talking about, it's, it's, media just fucking banging on the door of my brain with this mm-hmm. fucking megaphone you know telling me how to fucking think telling me how to fucking act and uh, i was just so sick of it and so i wrote a fucking song about it <laughs> and it's fucking great it's fuck i, I knew what you were talking about right yeah away. you know there's no if you euphemisms or anything like what you're saying is exactly what you're saying you know yeah absolutely you don't really have to read into it at all it's a very straightforward in your face punk rock song yeah don't get me wrong i'm all a fan of nuance and shit but sometimes you just want to hear a straight ahead fucking song say what it fucking said you know you just got to say fuck you exactly plainly say fuck you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. exactly and the other, we, we mentioned Mass Hysteria, we mentioned Pieces, which is a great fucking song in Thank itself. I, I listened to it back, I listened to that in time and uh, the other songs as well. And I, I mentioned earlier about, you know, influences like uh, early fat rec bands. And I hope I was right in saying that, that maybe that's where you got part of your, part of your influence from. Um yeah uh, the way you write the way you write is very reminiscent of that time yeah uh i've heard face to face um good call too good call yeah which is crazy because i've never listened to face to face and so when i started hearing really being from the midwest you never heard face to face oh i've heard of them i never really listened to them before oh wow and and so um I, i i somebody told me when you it was at our first show. They're like, "Yeah, you can remember me face to face." I'm like, "Oh, fuck!" Now I gotta go listen to face to face to see who the fuck I'm copying here. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I get that. And you know, uh, I guess I, I don't know. For for me, influences are all over the place. You know, um, the Beach Boys um, were like the first, my first favorite. Beach Boys. Nice. And then it was Third Eye Blind. This is before I even knew what punk rock was. And then it was, and that Third Eye Blind record, their self titled I think it was a self Yeah, that was a, that was a great record. Yeah. Still great fucking record. That was the first record that was like, you know, because I wasn't allowed to listen to, you know, quote unquote secular music. Um, Mm -hmm. It was all, I, I grew up on, you know, Beach Boys, Simon and Garfunkel acapella gospel music and shit and so um you know when i heard that third eye blind record i was just like it i was like amazing this this is not you know what i'm used to hearing um and this is talking about some deep you know issues personal issues i was like you know i'm connecting with this um because you know i was 11 or 12 so i started connecting with personal issues (laughs) because i was having 
those myself. And yeah. so uh, then I shoplifted a record from uh, came out of Walmart when I was 12 and uh, just so happened to be smashed by the offspring. Um, and the second song, um, Bad Habit off of that record. Oh, nice. The Road Rage song. Yeah. That part where it's like something's odd. I feel like I'm God, you stupid, dumb shit. Goddamn motherfucker. Well, that blew my mind. It blew my mind. I was just like, not, it just blew my mind. And that record is what made me decide to be in a rock and roll band. And so I still didn't know what punk rock was really. I had nobody pointing the way, didn't have a cousin or uncle or brother that was like, hey, listen to this. This is, you know, AFI, answer that and stay fashionable or, you know, rancid and out come the wolves or this is the clash, London calling. Or, I, here's the Ramones, nobody doing that. And so for me, it was just being curious um, that kind of let, let me down this wormhole that I'm, you know, still, still digging you know, for, yeah. for, for underground tunes, but um, my influences are all over the place. And so while I, I like fat rec bands, totally. Um, I, I wouldn't say that that's my primary source of like inspiration. Well, I, could just hear, so I, could, I could just hear that coming through. Yeah. You know, I was just wasn't sure if it was an influence for you because I, I happened to hear that coming through. You're not, but I will say you're not the only one that said that, and so you're not wrong. (laughs) I'm not right either. (laughs) No, no. Who who is? I'm always wrong, man. I'm always wrong. I'm pretty used to it myself. So, (laughs) but like I said, like I love the songs, and I'd be amiss if I didn't mention "Brighter the Future" and "Trampled." Um, Yeah all those songs are just good like i i was listening to them again just to get them just to get refreshed i mean honestly i probably listen to the tracks probably once a week anyways but nice um, thank you you're welcome but i i go back to it i'm just like they're great songs they're though you know like i kind of wish there was more to be honest (laughs) you know what i mean because you you burn through five songs so fast well we were or the decision we really, because I recorded an entire record in 2020 that I didn't release. Um, oh, okay. Because it just wasn't ready. I got done and I was just like, this is not ready. And so I did some reformatting of some some things. I'll just say things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and some different stuff. Uh, and <laughs> kind of went back to the drawing board. And... Um, really wanted to get songs out there and so we decided an ep was probably the best way to go for our budget at the time Mm -hmm. and for me it was kind of just a proving ground get everybody in the studio make sure we click on that aspect and let's not just dump so much money into one project because one thing for me is i'm really um interested in sustainability Mm -hmm. um and for me sometimes you got to be a little bit more methodical and so um, that was kind of the decision making behind it. So we wanted to get these five songs out there. I was under a time crunch as well, which I'm not going to explain that. But um, so we did the five songs. And I will let you know, John, 
we've got um, we've got a full length in the works. So Ooh, I can't wait. It's already written. It's already written and um and some and I continue to write. So it's not necessarily we haven't picked all the songs that are going to be on there yet, but we're about eight songs deep into a full length right now. So that's awesome. As far as like ready to record. So that's awesome, man. Do you yeah. want me to keep that in or do you want me to seg that out? Nah. Okay. <laughs> I always ask people, I'm like, hey, if you're dropping me knowledge, do I keep it in the podcast? Nah, I didn't say when we were going to court it. I just said <laughs> it could be 2023 for all we fucking know. Uh, the way things fucking go. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Especially but, uh, if you're waiting for a fucking vinyl. Right. Right. And uh, you're, you're damn, you're right. You're right. And so, uh, no, we got we got a ton of songs. Like so, I when I went on my initial writing tear, I'm in like 30 songs right now, and so wow. maybe even over 30 songs right now. So I've got plenty of material. It's just a matter of picking which ones we want to put on a f- this particular full length and um, all of that good stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it's in the works. But I, I don't want to overshadow what we've got here. Um, no, because, no. Uh, trampled, um, you know. The, the piece called Trampled. Trampled is that first song that I was talking about earlier that I wrote and thought maybe I, I can do this again. That was the very first song that nice. I had written in like three or four years at that point. Um, and, and that's what kind of kicked off this whole idea that maybe I could still do this. And so it's kind of why the EP is called Trampled. Um, and yeah, it's it's good song too um yeah for sure yeah i wonder i'd simple. be a mess if i didn't miss it it's it, it's simple and um yeah i'm glad i'm excited for you man i i can't wait to see what what the what the what people think of it when they when they finally get to hear it because obviously i've i've had it for a while and i still got to get the physical copy but i have the songs but, did i mention you can pre-order that at the record space.com no make sure <laughs> you plug. plug it again jared well see it's t-h-e-r-e-c-o-r-d-s-p-a-c-e.com write it down <clears throat> the listener right write it down write it right, down right. and it will be released on streaming this streaming friday this friday and i'm i'm so stoked and we got a uh if you're in the st louis area uh the release party is this saturday at red flag um, and that's the one you're playing with the coffin cats yeah we're playing the coffin cats and uh a band called no point at least from st louis as well oh awesome very glad to hear that um any shows coming up after that for for 2022 or you just kind of you know doing doing shows here or there yeah, uh, we've got some stuff planned, um, and we haven't made any announcements yet. But yeah, we've got some stuff in the works. Well, keep 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 me in keep me in the loop if you're going to be around me, um, definitely because I would definitely come out and see you guys play. Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be interesting um, just to see what kind of climate. You know, who knows what we're going to deal with tomorrow? I know uh, it's you know? always touch or go, man. Yeah, and then. Um, and then I'm starting a new job tomorrow. Well, congratulations, my man. Thank you. Wheeling and dealing. 
There you go. That's the way to do it, man. That's funny because I never went to college. <laughs> uh, but somehow, I went several times. It took me till I was twenty-five to get a degree. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, I, I still haven't done that. Um, but uh, <laughs> but you know, taught me about somehow taught me about business and actually kind of good at it. So well, um, that's good. That's good. Making, a, making a living. Um, based on my punk rock education, but uh, would love to make it out that way uh, when I'm not sure though, just because, you know, the balance between life, you know. Oh, I totally get it, man. I totally get it. I'm kind of dealing with that stuff. I'm kind of dealing with that stuff right now on some of the the stuff that I've been working on on my end, trying to get bands out this way. It's, 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 it's difficult because like you said, the climate and, um, the uncertainty of things going on and plus just fucking life, man. It life comes gets in the way. At you quick. It comes at you quick. And uh, you know, um I think we'll make it out. Just not and sure just to how make, soon. And just to make you feel better, even though I have a degree, I'm not using it. <laughs> so, I hear it that all the time. Anyways. I hear that all the time. Uh <laughs> I, uh, it, yeah, it is, it is funny because I've, I've, you know, managed people with master's degree and here I am, like, I got my GD when I was 28. So like, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess if you got the right, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I got to get the gab. I guess that's what it is. You know, but sometimes schooling is only half the battle, man. Sometimes you just got to be a people person. You got to be able to take that leadership roles. And even with people with degrees just don't have that kind of innate quality to them. It's you true. Know. Uh, you know, I kind of say my approach is I'm in the people business. Um, you know, technically I'm in in logistics and supply chain, right? But oh, okay, cool. But really, at the end of the day, I'm just in people business. That's what I am, and yeah, it could be a different is. commodity. It could be a different, you know, something else. But at the end of the day, it's just it's a people business, and so. Um, what, what is punk rock? What is playing in punk rock bands? Fucking but people. People, man. And not not fucking people, but but well, maybe <laughs> fucking people, but that's maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking their ear holes with amazing punk rock. Um, yes, but it is. It's true, and I think that's a difference. You know, coming back to to kind of going full circle back to the uh, you know different approach is is uh, you know, making it less about myself and more about you know, not writing the songs necessarily with the listener in mind, staying very true to like, you know, getting it out of me, right? And, and as an artist, but when it comes to the live show, when it comes to talking people at the shows, when it comes to talking people to people about the shows, I'm really focused in on them. And because without them, we don't have much, right? Without the faces in the crowd, without the people coming to support, without somebody popping up Spotify, without somebody um, doing their independent research on you um, and becoming a fan or them, you know, their older brother saying, hey, check this song out by Modern Angst or, you know, without that, we're really, really might as well be in our basement, right? Which is, is fine. We are that too. But, um, you know, it, it truly is about connecting with the listeners for me. And, and so uh, I've been able to do that in a different way this time around. I'm enjoying it more. It's just adding to the community of, of people that I can call friends, people that I can count on and 
um, people that I care about. I, I made so many friends this past year, mm-hmm. like new friends. It's ridiculous. Yeah, like real, here. real friends um, that I can count on. Um, and it's, it's been, it's been a joy. It's been a joy for sure. You know what I, 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 you know, I, I, I talked about it on the podcast before and I'll, I'll mention it again. You know, part of the reason I did the podcast was because I had people in my corner and a lot of the people who were in my corner were people that I met on these Facebook groups yeah. and these Tumblr groups, Not you know, people like you and people like Nick Spoon and, you know, uh, you know, Scott Parente and those guys along the way, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's fostering these relationships with people and they supported me from right away. And, you know, you fall in the same category and when I launched the record label, you were the first, one of the first ones to come out and, and, and buy both things that I put out. Hell yeah. And, and that means the absolute world to me. Cause I, I, I wanted to do this since I was little, I wanted to, I wanted to be a record label owner. I wanted to own my own record store and do all these things. And at, at 40 years old, like I finally am able to do it. I'm finally able to have a label. And it was, it was great. It was great to see people be genuinely interested in what I was putting out. And, and like I said, you were one of the, one of the first ones to contact me both times. Well, I also like see, you know, early on, you know, um, I think the first episode was with uh, Zach Buzzkill and Nick Spoon, right? Was that the first episode? That would have been the third one. That would have been the third, third one. Yeah. One. I did um, Sam and Jay first. And then, and then uh, you did one with Ian from uh, Voice of Addiction. Yeah, that was fourth. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I found out about it because Zach posted something about it. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, check this out. And I saw you're doing one with Ian. And I'm like, well, shit, I've known Ian for like 15 years. Like we used to do weekend warrior tours in Detroit and Chicago and down here and all throughout. Oh, the that's awesome. stuff. And so uh, I've known him a really long time. And so I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, cool. Sold, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, so it, 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 I mean, it helps, you know, that it's seeing people that are, you know, that I actually like, hold in esteem um supporting as well i'm just like well shit well that makes sense you know um especially ian he's he's good good guy good friend you know he was a great guy i was lucky enough me and my wife were lucky enough to hang out with those guys uh the fall before everything shit hit the fan the fall of uh 2019 um yeah yeah, i was at that uh, st louis show i was at that st louis show Okay, I was at Later his, that year. Um, his basically his like homecoming show up in Cleveland because he's from that area mm-hmm, originally. Yeah, and uh, we got to hang out. My buddy Sam, who was the first episode, he actually organized that for me because I put them in contact with each other. Um, nice. You know, we were because uh, I'd been I've been following Voice of Addiction God for probably since like twenty like twenty twelve twenty thirteen. I've been following that band. Um. So to be able to see that lineup in an incredible lineup, it was really cool that that I was able to talk to him and you know yeah, and, his, and yeah, his lineup, you know, I, I you know been through you know several renditions and uh, mm-hmm. you know I liked everybody he's ever played with and, mm-hmm. and friends with them, but um, the lineup he has now is unique in a really special way. 
Yeah. Um, and the, the way that they mix. And uh, I am excited about some new material coming from them sometime. So um, I'm going to keep it being a loop, too. I'm really excited about it. Uh, that's it's, it's not my place to say when because I don't know when. I uh, don't know either. I, I am I am <laughs> fucking I'm fucking thrilled about it when it does happen. So I, let's just say I'm 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 a home I'm I'm gonna beat to I'm gonna beat you on. to the pre first pre order. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. Okay, and if I come I'll in second, you, then I then I owe you something. Okay, I'll I'll let you have that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I was like, I'm I'm glad that you 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 saw what I was trying to do, and and by having Zach who who. I consider a good friend too. Um, somebody who is really like from that first episode, the rapport that we've garnered over the past year since um, has been really cool. Like I said, I talked to, I talked to spoon probably every day or almost every day. I, I don't um, know, Nick um, we're friends on Facebook and like can follow, you know what they're doing. And I actually don't know Zach very well at all. Um, but I, I'm a I'm a fan of the Buzzkills. I tell you what, they're incredible. Him and Jen and the band—they're—they're they're an incredible band. And and so Nick, I, when I Nick's first, incredible too. So when I first came, moved back to the area, uh, I uh, when the first shows I went to, they were opening up for the Attics at um, a pretty large venue here, and so I, I, I had no idea that they were playing um i'd heard of them before but i'd never seen them at all and i didn't know they were playing and i showed up i'd just gotten back to town like a month prior and i showed up to the show and the but the, the boss kills are playing i show up and they're so fucking good mm. and i was just like holy fuck and i, I was sold and been a fan since so um, well, did you pre-order their record too i have yeah yeah, I did too, man. I was the first one. Hey, <laughs> motherfucker, I was the first one. Oh, damn it. And I thought I was according the first to the pro, According to the Pro Rock fellas, I was the first one. So, ah, oh, fuck. I thought I was. Because as soon as as soon as soon it dropped, uh, Zach sent me a post, plus the, the Pro Rock post came up on the wall. And I looked at my wife and said, give me your PayPal info. And I fucking ordered it right there, dude. Because I don't... Yeah. Dude, I thought they were going to release it when I had him on the second time back in, like, what was that, September? Yeah. Yeah, and I thought it was going to get released then because that's why we did that episode. That was the for for, uh, for Get Even. And then something happened. It just got pushed and pushed and pushed back. And I was like, well, finally, I've only been waiting five months for this to come out. Yeah, I, I was lucky enough because I, you know, we recorded with Gene. Then I got some snippets. I got mm. some samples of some, you know, not not finished. Um, Same here, yeah. And I, I was pretty, pretty fucking stoked then. Um, and I just had to wait ever since. And so, the desire within me has grown. <laughs> I know it was killing me too. It was just killing me to wait. And I'm like, because I would look at my wife and like, I was like. Man, I'm so fucking ready for this CD, dude. Like, I fucking want it, man. It's and, uh, yeah, I, I am. I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm excited about it. Really excited about it. Well, I've, I'm, uh, I'm excited for you, dude. I'm excited for you and Modern Angst in the EP, and 
I I hope people hear this and go out and, and buy it, dude, because I, I think it's incredible, man. Well, thank you. And, you know, having you, you know, take the time has really meant the world to me. And I, it, it's not lost on me. I appreciate it. And, you know, it's what we uh, do. You supported me and I'm going to support you, man. That's just the way it works, man. Like, we're all in this together. We're all trying to see each other be successful. You know, we, you know, for, for as small as the scene can be, um, there's just so much great things going on in, in the scene and in, in your band's one of them. Thank you. Uh, and I, I'm excited to get out there. I'm, I, I'm excited for people to hear it. Um, and you know, I have no, I, I have no idea what to expect and I'm, that's the exciting part of it. And also the daunting and scary part of it. Throwing yourself out there is not easy. You know that. And I do know so, and just waiting for, you, you know, the backlash of either, who knows? Who knows? I don't fucking know. And so, let's just stay uh, positive, Jared. Let's but, just stay but positive. I, I, I didn't, but I didn't know when I started this band, you know, and, and we're, I mean, I'll say it, we, we fucking bring it. And so um, we've worked hard uh, to get to this point and we don't take it for granted. Not one fucking second. I'll yeah. tell you, I'll tell you what my mantra is for this year. New you in 22. New you, new attitude, new way of looking at things. Let's go. Let's kick this fucking year's ass and have a blast doing it, man. Hell yeah, I'm down. I felt like I kicked 21's ass. And so I'm just trying to have a continuation. So did I. I feel like I'm to kick ass. I made 2021 my bitch, I think. Yeah. So for <laughs> me. I don't need to new anything. I just need to make sure if I needed to make any adjustments along the way to keep this this uh, fucking momentum going, then I, I hopefully will notice that I need to make the adjustments and make the fucking adjustments and keep rolling forward. But um, guys, I think you, I know you've got great momentum going. So do I. I think uh, the scene is only getting more close knit, and at the yeah. same time, it's growing. Um, and I'm seeing it here locally. And I mean, I don't know, I don't know what this year brings, but I know that I'm going to give it fucking hell. Just like something, something's in the air. And I've been saying that with when when I started the record label, I I was like, you know what? Something's in the air, man. I can fucking feel it, dude. It's a great time to be doing something. Yeah. It just, it feels right. It feels like this is, there's some, there's some electricity in the air or something that's just, it's it's gonna erupt, man. It's I, it's. I feel, feel it, it in St. Louis, in the St. Louis scene, and what's coming out of here right now. I feel uh, it in the. I feel it in my surrounding scene, from Pittsburgh to Youngstown to Cleveland, dude. I feel it. I feel I, it around here. I don't know if it's we're starting to understand that we should appreciate it more because we saw what it was like without it. Yeah. Or 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 what? Um, I think it's it's not one, just a one faceted thing it's multi-layered here but um i feel it others feel it uh there's a level of organization that's happening on on a level here as well and uh we're seeing it grow we're seeing excitement we're seeing it from the turnout at shows and um we're seeing it in the community organization and the community effort to make sure that the shows are well attended and kick ass and uh, the bands 
I mean, there's a lot of really good fucking bands. Right yeah, <laughs> they really are, dude. I'm trying to follow them all, and it's so hard because every time I turn around, there's something so amazing to listen to. And so, like, uh, that's not the hard part. The hard part is, you know, making sure I find out about it. I, I try to stay in tune as much as possible. But, you know, when when there was when shows first started happening again in, in 21 and the big acts weren't rolling through yet. And mm-hmm. so it was kind of um, first on the local scene to lead the charge. And we did that and yeah. the shows were well attended. And once all of these larger acts come in, started coming through, I wanted to make a really concerted effort not to lose that momentum. And so I, re- I, I didn't go see Rise Against and the Descendants. Um, I didn't go see Dropkick and Manson. And I don't blame anybody that did. Great mm-hmm. fucking bands. I love those bands. But I've seen those bands. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm excited about the new stuff. I'm excited about the up-and-comers. I'm excited about that band I haven't heard yet. And how am I going to hear them? Um, if I'm just listening to the same stuff I've always listened to and going to the same shows I've always gone to, right? And so I'm trying to just uh, be a little bit more exploratory in how I listen to music. That's a part of buying compilations. Maybe. Yes. Um, Thank you. The, <laughs> yeah. Shameless plugs. Shameless uh, plug. Let your guests plug your own stuff. Um, <laughs> but but that, that, for, for me, I started to not enjoy listening to music as much because I was just regurgitating the same shit over and over and over. And while I love that same shit, you know, I love the descendants. One of my favorite bands. Love yeah. them. Um, I just didn't want, I don't want to miss the new stuff that's coming because yeah. the descendants, descendants, while I love them, they've had their go at it for the past 40 years or whatever. Yeah. Right. And if my head's in the Descendants sandbox, which, again, I love the Descendants. I'm not talking shit on the Descendants. I'm just... Oh, no, never yet. From my own listening, um, I kind of got just bored with Milo Goes to College on repeat. Yeah. Um, And so for 20 years, it's been on repeat, right? And so uh, I thought back to when was it exciting to listen to music? It's when I was finding out about new fans. Well, how was I finding out about new bands? It wasn't Spotify playlist. It was no. it was compilations. Yep. Nothing is Spotify playlist. I mean, I don't really pay much attention to them. I'm more of a compilations physical media type of guy because I'm fucking old. And yeah. so, <laughs> like, uh, so I started, uh, uh, you know, like uh, on the rocks from Pro Rock Records, uh, Volume yep. Two. I got that uh, great fucking compilation. Compilation great. you released compilation and i'm finding out about uh, i'm just trying to find all the compilations i can from smaller labels to find some you know i had never heard of the ramonas before holy shit oh great dude oh god they're so good man oh they're so, so good. good and i've got some, a couple uh latte pew uh records coming my way um oh nice today they're like one of my new favorite bands and i would have never known them had i not you know, picked up uh, a compilation. And so I'm anyway. Well, dude, anyways, man, I, I like I said, th- thank you for supporting the comp and, and supporting the label. And um, you're the, you're who I was trying to enjoy the comp. Like I was making comp, the comp for people like us 
who remember those days, who remember those days of discovering music that way. And it wasn't, you know, it's great to use social media, but it's something about holding a CD. It's something about discovering bands that way. And yeah, and, and Spotify isn't going to play pay for my the next Modern Inks record to be recorded. And so um, exactly. if, if listeners out there, <laughs> if you hear the pieces, or you hear one of these songs um, come across your earbuds uh, and you like what you hear, support the band so we can put out this full length for Jonathan. <laughs> oh what? what was that what was that it's jonathan's fault <laughs> what, 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 what was that <laughs> you're blaming me <laughs> um dude thank you so much for being on the podcast L- yeah. listener, go out and get modern angst ep trampled it's going to be out in social media or uh, i'm sorry it's going to be out on uh, streaming on all the major platforms um go out check out the songs that i play on this episode and check out the others and go out and support this band jared and his band are 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 amazing and they deserve to be heard and checked out hell yeah thank you jonathan just one last thing if you do the social people listening uh at modern.angst.band for instagram throw modern angst into your uh web browser and pull up you know, Facebook shit and stuff. Um, Follow us, see what we're up to. uh, Send us a message. Tell us what you think. Even if it's bad, um, we'll take it and um, we'll um, write a song about you and you'll hear it on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe called Mass Hysteria (laughs) 2. The the Awakening. Uh, The Awakening, right? I love it. Awesome. Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate you and uh, keep up the good work, man. I'll be listening. Hey, man, thank you so much for being on. Enjoy the rest of your night, and I'll talk to you here very soon, man. Awesome. Thank you. Good night. Good.